we celebrating David Mancuso's birthday today, y'all. Gina, Lisa, Felicia, brother Derek. Big Rip 69. Moderator Sandy Paradise Lady. It's all about David today, y'all. And the loft family.
and gay New York sprang out from the underground into dance parties held in downtown lofts, heralding the birth of club culture. The key loft party was hosted by the unlikely figure of Timothy Leary disciple, David Mancuso. Yeah, certainly uh, LSD had, had uh, a role in it, you know. but not entirely, no. First of all, I was in a lost space, which was in, in 60, got, got in 65. It was very rare to be living in a lost space in New York anyway. I had all this space, so you know, I was always into sound. So I started hanging parties in my lost space. It was private, and it was very special. David was very unique with his music. It was all about the music, and it was all about the sound. And uh, it felt very special being able to get into it. People begged you outside, please take me in, please take me in, and it's very private. As soon as you lost the it's socially outcast. You had uh, uh, socially different backgrounds, different backgrounds. I was a white boy from Brooklyn, Italian boy, and I partied amongst Asians, amongst Latins, amongst blacks, and I met people from all over the world. And it was a cultural experience. You know. To me, the loft was the first place I've ever gone to, where uh, music was continuous. I think he was one of the 
first to, to start making the musical connections that created what we think of as disco. You know, connecting rock and roll and, and Latin music and African music and all kinds of uh, R&B and really seeing how they fit together. First time I saw a DJ who was not just playing records but creating atmosphere. And uh, that was a big difference. And I realized that's what I wanted to do. Not of the Brands DJ, welcome. Welcome. 
So we are celebrating David Mancuso's birthday today.
Thema, Wax the Van, welcome.
was starting in obscure studios, he was there. culture and gay New York sprang out from the underground into dance parties held in downtown lofts, heralding the birth of club culture. Dance, 
Brands. Thank you for the bits.
833, welcome. Late Night Cat.
The song is called The Bottle. And the rhythm is celebrating time. Brian Jackson on flute for you. We'll give us a little bit of help here. Help us out a little bit, Bottom. She told 
very much. Say that the sound has been engineered this evening by our sound lady, Sister Naya Lard, back in the booth, takes care of the sound for us. There's a link between us and you. That if anybody asks you what was happening around the first minute of the new day, tell them it was the midnight band. We'll do something for you. Hope to see you again very soon. The song said, Brother said he's got to have some money. The sister told me all she needed love.
Love, Yoli Love, Faye Morris, welcome. The trumpets call, the trumpets
Sergeant Fuzzy Ball. Welcome. Sergeant Fuzzy Pause.
Celebrating the birthday of David Mancuso.
You're welcome. A lot of pressure compared to a lot of DJ, you put quite a lot of time today to prepare to tell uh, the setup of the party. Is this something definitely important for you, as, as much important as the party itself? Absolutely. Um, you know, preparation is the key. Also, if you're going to, it's like a first time you get in a new car or an old car. First time you get in a car, you want to know how the brakes work. You want to know how the steers, you want to know many things, how it works. So the more you know, the more knowledge you have, the better. Uh, you, know, you started the loft as a loft. It was your loft. It was the place where you used to live. Uh, and do you fit into the club culture thing? Or do you think there's something else about party that necessarily is not club, that is not necessarily a club thing? See, the way I understand what a club is, a club is a social club. Club means memberships, means membership cards, and that's one way of doing things. To do a social club means you have to have a charter. Okay, so I don't want the, I don't want a charter, I don't want a liquor license, I don't want a cabaret license. At the same time, I want to be legal. So the only way you can do it legally and not have all these things, okay? Because uh, for me, it's not a business. It's more of a personal thing and to support a lifestyle and to have a, you know, to share a moment with my friends through music. So that's its purpose. Uh, what connects the clubs and everything else together is, is the, the music. Okay. Uh, for a lot of people, the love was like the first step of the, what, what's going to be the disco and the house thing. Is it, do you think that? Do you have DJs before that were really in the style of clubs in New York? Yeah, as you see, the, 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 the one thing about the, the, the law parties, they, from day one, they have not really changed in some ways. In other words, it didn't go commercial, it didn't become something else, it didn't become disco, it didn't become that, it, didn't, it still remained its own, had its own identity. Uh, the fact that you have a disc jockey or, or if you're presenting music through recorded music, sometimes live entertainment, you know, that's similar with other situations, but the whole idea is that originally there was the radio DJ, then became the the uh, discotheque or DJ in, in, a, in a dance situation. What happened then was having the DJ there allowed the dancer to become part of the performance because the group cannot play there. You're, play, you're listening to the, your group to musicians through a recording. So in this kind of situation, the, the dancers are part of the performance, not the DJ, and but the dancer. And that's the way I approach it, and that's the way it works. What did you call the loft exactly today? What is the point of the situation about the loft today? I'm still doing parties. I'm not doing them as often. Uh, I choose not to at this particular point. And, uh, uh, because I usually do them on three-day weekends, and I do them as events, sorry. Usually do them as events, like the anniversary, uh, the, there's a birthday one, there's an anniversary, there's different ones. Uh, what do you expect from tonight? Uh, but I don't know if I have, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to categorize the individuality of what this might be. I, I, I want to leave myself open to see what's going to happen. Uh, 
I, I all, all I'm doing, all I'm hoping is for you know to share a moment of joy uh, and 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 uh, with people and to have a moment of peace. That's if that accomplished that much. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. Touch me, work that body. <laughs> 
hard times, give your body up. Is it all over my face? Hot shot. Just a model. Do it to the music. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Don't make me wait. I love Let's Go Dancing. Let's go dancing. Let's go have some fun. We come alive after our nine to five. You know, that told the whole story. I know this this is all very, very much like it was the last time I was here, which was like 20 more years ago. I was born in Everett, Massachusetts, which is about eight miles north of Boston. Uh, my folks lived in Revere, Massachusetts. I was the only child. I never thought the music business as being the future. I loved music uh, from the time I was 13 years old. I used to go into Boston, you know, by myself and sit through three movies in order to see four stage shows of the live bands that used to come to the RKO Theater. I mean, Ray Anthony and Tommy Dorsey and Jimmy Dorsey and Glenn Miller. So in that time, and when I used to go out on dates and go to the Totem Pole Ballroom and they had the same live bands, live music always, you know, just made my hair stand up on my arm. I realized I was gay from probably when I was six years old. Uh, I realized something was, you know, a little different. I had a couple of buddies that we used to fool around. They've married grandchildren now. But I kind of, you know, uh, kept the tradition going. <laughs> In my generation, kids came out later, and the reason is because it was frightening. I mean, you didn't talk about it. I thought I was the only one. I wondered and worried how my life was going to be. And I remember going into Boston and picking up, for some reason, sailors. Had the first encounter been something that would have frightened me, it probably would have ended, you know, my even thinking that way. But one led to another, and so forth and so on. And more nature calls, you act on it. You know. The thing is, I was out there, you know, as a kid, and everything had to be kept inside. And I feel, you know, looking back, that it took a lot of guts. And and you know, like, uh, I think I did all right for myself as far as you know, as a life and not going, you know, like crazy because. Growing up gay at that time was really a bitch. 1951 to 56, I was at Northeastern University. I joined a fraternity and uh, was very popular in the fraternity. I was corresponding secretary in less than a year. I was the uh, vice president and in charge of pledges. So I went through the motions, graduated with a BA degree, which qualified me for like nothing. And right after I got out of college, I got drafted. When I got back to the States, my whole life changed. Zero one four zero two. Welcome. Late night cat. I see ya.
Taurus Bull Rollins, what's up? Jose Rodriguez, welcome. Thank you for the raid. Welcome, Raiders. Thank you for the sub.
this track might sound very familiar to your ears. If you remember Barbara Tucker's Beautiful People, kind of get that concept where that came from.
Rock and Ron. Welcome.
sprang out from the underground into dance parties held in downtown lofts, heralding the birth of club culture. The key loft party was hosted by the unlikely figure of Timothy Leary disciple, David Mancuso. Yeah, certainly uh, LSD had, had uh, a role in it, you know. but not entirely, no. First of all, I was in a loft space, which was in the 60, I got, got in 65. So it was very rare to be living in a loft space in New York anyway. I had all this space, so, you know, and I was always into sound. So I started having parties in my loft space. It was private, and it was very special. David was very unique with his music. It was all about the music, and it was all about the sound. And uh, you felt very special being able to get into the loft. People begged you outside, please take me in, please take me in. 
soon as it was starting in obscure studios, he was there. sprang out from the underground into dance parties held in downtown lofts, heralding the birth of club culture. The key loft party was hosted by the unlikely figure of Timothy Leary disciple, David Mancuso. Yeah, certainly uh, LSD had, a, had uh, a role in it, you know. but not entirely, no. First I was in a loft space, which was in 1965. It was very rare to be living in a loft space in New York anyway. I had all this space, so you know, I was always into sound, so I started hanging.
ready.
Niño, vente conmigo, escúchame. Te cuento una cosa. De unos hombres. Ay, estos hombres eran hombres bravos. Llegaban de África con la fuerza y la belleza. Ay, dijo, conquistaban la ignorancia y la bestia en la humanidad. Daban al mundo la luz y el fe. También el dios cósmico. Los llamamos los conquistadores chocolates.
See well. Thank you for the bits. On the 300, thank you.
happy birthday. David Mancuso. As you know, today is his birthday. So I believe it was the third phase of the loft when I arrived there. That's Third Street. That was my introduction to David Mancuso in the Lower East Side. Just remembering how he put those songs together. I tried to do it the David Mancuso way, but of course, sprinkled some of me in there. So David Mancuso, hope I made you proud. Super Dave, Hot Privet, what's up? Again, happy birthday, David Mancuso. No matter, no matter what color, you are still my brother.
Thank you. Stick around for DJ Kemet, y'all. Love you all. Sending love to the chat room. Thank you.